Blog Talk Radio. You saw me crying in the chapel. The tears I shed were tears of joy. I know the meaning of contentment. Now I'm Still plain and simple child Where humble people go to pray I pray the Lord that I'll grow strong As I live from day to day But I couldn't find no way to gain peace of mind. Now I'm happy in the chapel where people are of one accord. Yes, we gather in the chapel. But you never find no way on earth to gain peace of mind. Take your troubles to the chapel. Get down on your knees and pray. Then your burdens will be light. And Good evening, everyone. This is Ian Bush on Off the Chain, filling in for Yvonne Mason for tonight. Glad that all of you are here. Hopefully it's been a nice Saturday for you all as well. I know it's been very eventful for myself and my guests tonight. But before we get to that, as Yvonne likes to say, we have a couple of bills we have today. So we have some ads. You guys may know Amy Lyle. She has been on our show. She's a comedian and actor that lives in Atlanta. She has a unique outlook on life. Most people hide their failures, but Amy wrote a whole book about hers. It's called The Book of Failures. The book opens with, I have been married for 20 years, not to the same people, but 20 years nonetheless. The book talks about relationships, how hard it is to blend a family, and just funny failures of everyday life. The reason it's been a bestseller for over a year is that it's so relatable. Everybody needs more laughter in their lives. Buy it for yourself or for a friend that is going through a hard time. The Book of Failures is available at some Barnes & Noble stores and on Amazon as a paperback, ebook, or you can listen to the audio version. The Book of Failures by Amy Lyle. Get it today. Looking for a listen? Adopt, don't shop for your next audiobook favorite. The Adopt an Audiobook program has new releases and audiobooks for every genre. 
All audiobooks are free to interested reviewers. Simply listen and share your thoughts. We just released two more books this week. In Kai Dante's Strategium, people are so happy about the destruction of the anti-fertility virus that they want Kai to run for president. Kai Dante for president indeed. The Oberlins are back and are successful in diverting the virus that is destroying the fertility of the populace, but in return, sanctuary is attacked and the family members are scattered to fight radiation sickness alone. Given only a strange poem to use, will Kai and Micah figure out the puzzle before they all die? Who in the family will survive to destroy the tyrant running the Brotherhood? And in the next book, Clan Falconer's War, a fantasy set in the future medieval times after the big war, Lucian thought that as the youngest son of the manor, his future would be as a simple land-owning farmer who raised good horses and went up to the manor to visit the family for holidays. After all, there were seven brothers older than he with much more entitlement to the inheritance. However, through a massacre and magic, his simple acceptance of a quiet life was going to come to a roaring end as he ends up leading the forces of his clan and the kingdom against an evil greater than any wizard had ever faced, an evil led by his own brothers. Will he, his clan, and Falconcrest survive the war? Sam Holden is back as our favorite vigilante. The third book in the series has just been released. In Dog Bones, Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other side. Will her double life be exposed? Will Sam be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Moat everywhere ebooks are sold. If you haven't started the series yet, be sure to begin with Dog Gone by Diane Moat for free on Amazon. All right, now that we've paid some bills, let's introduce the guest for tonight. Joanne Fisher is a Canadian, Italian, American author of her first season romance titled With All of Me. Her short story titled The Christmas Concert is featured in the Space Coast Writers Guild anthology titled Holidays. And her second short story titled Victoria's Doll is featured in another Space Coast Writers Guild anthology titled Florida. She is married to the love of her life, Dan, and she presently lives in Central Florida with her husband and her two dash hounds, Wally and Ozzy. Follow Joanne on Facebook at Read Joanne's Books or Twitter at Joanne's Books or Instagram Joanne underscore books underscore 2018 or send her an email at Joanne's underscore books at outlook.com or visit her website at www.joannesbooks.com. What an intro. And you also are a seasoned guest on Yvonne's show, right? You I am. got critically acclaimed by her because she said in the last show that she doesn't even like reading romance books and you still wanted her or you still made her want to read your books. That's a pretty big deal. That's good. <laughs> now we have to follow up with her. We're going to have to corner her and be like, Yvonne, did you, after all, read her books? Yes, we will have to follow up and pull her ear and let's see what she did. So you are a writer of romantic erotica, am I correct? Yes, my first two novels, uh, the first one with All of Me and the second one, Her Spanish Doll, are both uh, romantic eroticas, but they're more on just spicy, not too much erotica, just enough, I think. Just, Just enough. Just, just enough, enough to, right? <laughs> just enough to get 
to you get you know to get the job done. Let's say to put it that way. I think <laughs> anyway. So. so you also had a um, poems from a young age, light on the stone book that was published in 1971 on Amazon. Yes, I was uh, I was a preteen, very young. Yeah, but I I just so. Go ahead. Yeah, I just that one was like. It was just, I just kind of redid it and revamped it, put it on there again. It's just a bunch of poems that I wrote when I was a kid. You know, stuff going through my life and so. And uh, I just just wrote a few poems, that's all. So from that, it's actually kind of interesting. So I was reading um, the synopsis on it, and it was kind of a way for you to um, kind of tackle adolescence, young childhood in a way. Can yes. you explain that a little bit of how it was kind of like an um, old friend to you in a way? Well, um, when I was, uh, I was a child, I was, uh, I was the fat kid, okay? And uh, so, you know, I kind of had a lot of friends, but it was friends that, you know, they needed protection because I was the anti-bully. I would bully the bully, <laughs> And, you know, and so these kids, uh, but I was really, in the end, I wasn't, I wasn't, didn't really have a lot of friends, friends, you know, until I got to high school, and then I started making more friends. But, um, yeah, when I was a child, so I just, you know, scribbled stuff, and, and then, you know, my teacher, one of my teachers, you know, read once, and they, like, oh, you know, I think it was an English teacher, and she goes, you know, try doing this, try doing that. So she gave me some pointers, and I wrote a few I wrote a few poems, and uh, and she put them on a, I don't know how she did it, she put them, not published, but she put, she printed them and she got them around, like, the school, and so I got, I got some, you know, I got some, you know, pats on the back, and, and, you know, friends, oh, wow, you're the, you're the poet, you know, and stuff like that, but (laughs) just kind of, um, but for me, it wasn't, I didn't really think, I didn't really think it was I was an artist back then. It was just uh just putting my feelings on paper and just what I felt and what I was going through and all that. That was that was it. It was just I guess it was a way of um um putting my feelings on paper. So just to vent, kind of funny I guess that you could call it. Kind of funny that you actually say that cuz that's kind of how um I was as a as a kid growing up. I uh liked writing books and I remember from a young age my dad and I were reading a book and mm-hmm. I still have it to this day I put it in my little like memory chest so I can give it to my uh, oh. my daughter Very but it nice. was a um, it was a like create your own adventure book it was Wizards and Warriors and mm-hmm. it was a book and I've, I've never seen something published like this ever again where you you know start on page one and it says hey if you want to choose X, you turn to page 5, and if you want to see Y, you turn to page 10, and that's how the oh. entire book is made. Oh, very And so, after my dad and I were done reading it, I'm like, man, dad, I really, really like this book. I'm like, I just, I can't get enough of this book. And he's like, you know, you, you could write books. And I'm like, no, that's, that's like adult stuff, because this was when I was in about 4th, 5th grade. He's like, no, give it a shot. And so, pen and paper, and I was that kid, um, sorry teachers for admitting this, uh, in the back of the class, scribbling stories when I should have been taking notes, but I still got good grades, and so I guess they kind of left me alone, but 
I, I definitely um, connect with you on that level. But I was the kid in the back who did it to keep my mind busy when I was in class and when I was right. out of class, just to also keep my mind busy. So yeah, yeah, when I, it's a good way. When when I read your synopsis, I, I had a lot of connection with that. So I thought that was really neat to bring up. Very good, thank you. So <laughs> of course. So you had a little bit of a gap between light on the stone and good things always happen and or um with all of me, excuse me. With all of me. It was yes. about a forty six year writing gap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what made you Well like, I think what, what happened? Well, first of all, um, you know, I grew up, you know, graduated, went to college a couple of years and then we moved to Italy. So mm-hmm. in Italy it was um it just basically, you know, we need to find a job and you need to you know, just you know, I was in my early 20s. I wanted to have fun. You know, it wasn't even neither reading nor writing. It was just I want to have fun. I want to enjoy myself. And then I got married about 24, had my first child 26. And when you start having children, you know how it is. You know very well. Um, you get oh, yeah. you get extremely busy. And so, um, <laughs> but I did go back to reading. Uh, when I was um, when I had my young children, because you know you stay up at night and you know you just kind of stay next to their crib, and I would read, you know that's how I passed mm-hmm. my time, and that's how I, you know, stayed by their side when they were sick and things like that. Um, and then we came back to Canada, and I started to, um, I guess, you start getting to you know middle age, so to speak, and and I started to not be happy with my marriage and you know my husband he didn't he didn't like living in 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 Canada he hated it and so it was like every day was uh oh I want to go back I want to go back I want to go back and so um I just kind of went you know and in those days you're probably I'm probably dating myself but anyway um in those days there was uh, chat rooms and there was a lot of um there was a website called ICQ and um so I I would meet a lot of people. So I'd go online, and not just men. I would meet men and women. So I kind of sort of mm-hmm. did what Juliana did, my per, my character in the book. She kind of got away from her, you know, um, boring life, so to speak, and she kind of met all these people online. And then she, she ends up having, you know, relations with a couple of them, uh, which I didn't do. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But I did meet my second husband online, so I did meet him online. And but it was again, it was just a initially it was just a friendship, and then it turned into love later on. Um, but um, but yeah, so she she um, yeah she finds and I and I did the same thing. I I would meet people. You know, we I'd stay for hours online. You know, in those days. And because it was just for me, it was it was kind of like writing. It was kind of like it got me away from from my life, and um, and I would meet people from all over the world, and I loved it. I've met people from Malaysia, Australia, England, you know, South Africa. It was it was amazing. I just kind of broadened my horizons, you know, in the language, and um, and then I had people who wanted to learn English, so they would they would chat with me because they wanted to learn how to write English. So I was kind of a teacher in a way too. It was it was very it was really uh, lots of fun. So that's actually a perfect segue into um, my next question. Um, mm-hmm. You wrote 
with All of Me in 2017. You wrote mm-hmm. Good Things Always Happen in Springtime in 2018. And mm-hmm. you wrote her Spanish song in 2018. Yes. But for a minute, I want to focus on With All of Me. The Primo Magazine author TC in 2018 stated you went through a midlife crisis that was used in With All of Me. Right. And you kind of already explained it that, you know, you were married, you got divorced. He actually mentions that you represent the struggle women face while balancing the old world with American-Canadian life and how you use adversity for creativity. Mm-hmm. So how do you represent that? How do you feel you represent that? Well, um, I am... Uh, I feel like I putting my, my feelings... Um, creating a character who reflects my my feelings at that time because I started writing this book about 10 years ago or so, maybe a little more, but I started putting, again, like I did when I was younger, I put my feelings on paper. Well, in those days mm-hmm. <laughs> on a word document, but anyway, um, I just wrote it wrote down on that, and I invented this character. <laughs> yeah. Um, I invented this character and then it just started, you know, I started like kind of like keeping a diary kind of thing where I would go in and I would, you know, what I did that day, what I went through that day, the arguments or whatever, and then I would put it on paper. And so for a little bit, for a little bit in the book, Juliana and I are pretty much the same person. But as, but then after, I, as I, I, I kind of went in one path, and Juliana went another path. So after that, it's all invented. There's nothing, nothing true about anything. Um, so it it helped me to to create the character and the characters because even the other characters are actual people that I chatted with in reality. Obviously changed their names, but the personalities were there. Okay? <laughs> Let's put it that way. But um but yeah, I uh, and then when when I actually did what I was writing about doing, then like I divorced my husband and so I I angered a lot of people. And because, you know, my, you know, my mom was traditional Italian, you know, my sister's like, well, Italian women don't get divorced. And, and my cousins were like, well, what are you doing? You're going, you're going to move to the States. You're going to leave everything and go to the States. And it was like, it was one drama after the other. And uh, so writing, Mm -hmm. writing for me was my escape, my escape just to get away from everything. And then also even coming here after being married with my husband, Dan, it wasn't a picnic. You know, I had to deal with his children and my children blending the family. Um, so that was that was another <laughs> that was a few few years of uh, crises. Um, but again, writing got me through it. You know, I wrote other characters. I wrote other. Um, you know, I uh, other other people came to mind. Other situations came to mind. Stories come to mind, and I still have these stories kind of a little bit in my head. And some of them are written down, and some of them are just still running around in my head so but um but yeah and then now then finally I was uh finally was an empty nester so that's when I really mm-hmm. you know doubled down and I, and I started like writing and then all of a sudden in 2017 I finished me so I'm like okay now what because <laughs> I had I had no clue I, had, I didn't know what to do you know because when I was a child it was kind of done for me my teacher's like oh I'll, you know I'll take care of it for you but I completely, I was completely ignorant of 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 you know publishing and all that. So, 
And uh, so I started uh, joining uh, authors groups, and um, I started to do a lot of research, a lot of Googling. <laughs> and uh, so then I ended up finding Author House, who um, who basically did, they did everything for me. And um, and they did. I'm very, very pleased with their work. And um, And that's it. You also find uh, a little bit of a tribe, if you will, with the Space Coast Writers Guild, correct? Yes, I'm uh, with Space Coast Writers Guild. I'm part of the Space Coast Writers of Romance, which is the RWA chapter. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also part of the Brevard Authors Group. What is group that and, uh, Star. The Space Coast Writers of Romance? Mm, the NWA? The RWA. The, uh, Romance Writers of the America, RW. the RWA. You know how it's that biggest yeah. association? And then the Star Group, which is uh, Space Coast Writers of Romance, is the chapter of the RWA. So I'm gotcha. in their group um, because I write romances and, and all that. So, um, And then uh, Brevard Author Society, uh, Authors in a Box, which is um, – it was kind of invented by Jamie Engel, who was a local author who's who's becoming quite popular. She writes a um, youth kind of stories, kind of um, you know imagination and fantasy and all that. And she's she's an excellent writer. So she started off doing this event last year called the Authors in a Box. So this year she kind of passed on the baton to me. Um, she said, Joanne, you take care of it. Um, so I did. So now we're doing the event in um, December 8th in uh, Vero Beach, in the Vero Beach Indian River Mall. So so if anybody's interested, let me know, and we'll sign you up. Now I'm concerned for your welfare. Are there holes in the box for you to get oxygen when you're writing? <laughs> good, good question. Uh, yeah, I do get oxygen. Yeah, okay. I do. My brain has to get oxygen, otherwise those stories don't come out. (laughs) Yeah, I just pictured you guys in, like, caskets or something, writing uh, under, you know, intense pressure. I I just wanted to – I didn't want to scare some of the listeners away that they were going to get – Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm I'm being completely sarcastic. It's okay. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) I guess (laughs) guess Jamie, being a writer, she invented the, you know, the organization name and – just came out like that. I think it's kind of cute. It's kind of like an uh, uh, the the logo is um is a uh, like a uh, a jack in the box who pops out mm-hmm. and he's got this big pen in his hand and all that. So that's that's what the logo is. Kind of that, cool. That sounds nice. So, yeah, it's really. Hopefully she uh, hopefully she'll add holes to the box inspired by me or something. Like, <laughs> yes. This is the 2.0 I'll logo make, sure thanks that. to Ian Bush. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I'll so, make sure of that. I'll poke some holes. <laughs> so um, talking about Juliana, and mm-hmm. you kind of already alluded to it a little bit, she does have several loves, it seems, and you kind of already alluded to where do you think um, of this for the story? Where where did that motivation come from? But you already kind of stated it, that, you know, you, you had um, many people in chat rooms that obviously, you know, you didn't grow intimate with all of them, but you did develop a fondness for them. So yes. do you see a lot of your life having several loves? And if so, what are they besides writing, of course? Um, my One of my loves is cooking. 
because I'm Italian, so I make uh, I can I can make many many Italian dishes. I can also make killer biscotti and a killer tiramisu. So <laughs> lots of calories. But um, yeah, I, that is um, I love to please my family with food, like any other Italian woman. I'm very classic in a way. You know, I'm just uh, not in other ways. Like I'm not one of those overbearing and commanding my children. You need to do this. You need to do that. Although I am harassing my oldest son to get married and have children because I really want grandchildren, but that's okay. <laughs> there I said it. <laughs> now he's not going to talk to me for about a month or so. <laughs> anyway. I actually but saw no, one of our I, um, one of our listeners just dropped off the air, so I think that may have been. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> that might have been him, yes. Sorry, Seb. No, I was anyway. kidding. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so um, yeah, those are my. Uh, I used to love to sew, but I, I just really don't don't have the time anymore. I just don't. So, but that was a love. I was a love of mine. I sewed a lot of clothes for my children, for my sister. Yeah, I really, really loved it. Nice. Well, and I still believe read. it or not, have, yeah. Well, you have to read. Read is the oh, uh, reading is the inspiration for, for yes, writing in most instances. So, if you can believe it or not, we're already halfway through the show, and so we have wow. to pay a couple more bills. Uh, okay. With a couple more ads. So, if you want, can we just stand by for a couple of seconds while I pull up a couple of ads? If people are just tuning in, we are with author Joanne Fisher. She's sitting down with us again, and real quick about her, she's a Canadian-Italian-American author, a seasoned romance writer with All of Me. Her short story titled The Christmas Concert is featured in the Space Coast Writers Guild anthology titled Holidays, and her second short story titled Victoria's Doll is featured in another Space Coast Writers Guild anthology titled Florida. She's married to the love of her life, Dan, and she presently lives in central Florida with her husband, are two dash hounds, Wally and Ozzy. You can follow Joanne on Facebook at Read Joanne's Books or Twitter at, at, at sign Joanne's Books or Instagram Joanne's underscore books underscore 2018 or you can always send her an email at Joanne's underscore books at outlook.com or visit her website at www.joannesbooks.com. So let's play some ads. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman. A True Montana Adventure, available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. This is Jade. And this is Winona. Wow, it's been a busy summer. Yes, we have new books. I think we have a new audio book. And I thought divorce was bad with other life lessons. Why is that title such a mouthful? I don't know, but you can hear that mouthful on Audible and on iTunes now. 
And that will take you through life changes, the highs and lows of it, through pop poetry and the literary life guide. So remember to check us out. And no, I don't mean a once over, but then my narcissism said, well, maybe check me out once. And then look at the rest of the website at andrethought.com. <laughs> you can check out the podcast and the YouTube channel and everything that we're doing on that website, andrethought.com, just because you didn't get it the first time. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to say bye from Winona and Jade and our website. Okay, is this going to be like a running gag? Yup. Andrethought.com. Bye-bye. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband, that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron, but the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married, but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Off the Chain. I am Ian Bush filling in for Yvonne Mason tonight, and one of our ads was actually uh, targeted towards our guest tonight. We are speaking with Joanne Fisher. You still there, Joanne? Still am. All right. So if those ads sounded interesting from her books, you definitely have to check her out at the uh, mentioned social media sites. So my next question for you 
is what are your next works and your future plans? I heard that you were changing genres and writing about a priest. Yes. One of the books I plan to um, to write for, should be ready for next year, is going to be a little bit of a different book. It's going to be a mystery, murder mystery. Um, and it's about a priest who... Um, who is being harassed by this uh, this woman, who is um, who becomes a parishioner, and um, she starts harassing him, and it doesn't end well. Let's put it that way for either for both of them, the priest and the woman. So, mm-hmm. and the title is going to be the Devil of Saint Gabriel for this one. Okay. You had two more books, correct? Yes, I have. Um, well, I what I'm having or what I'm writing? What you're writing. I, I, I okay. heard so you had I have, three books you're writing. Right. I have an upcoming book. It's called Traveling Boomers. It's basically a nonfiction, and it's a, a guide for uh, boomers, you know, people who retire, um, on how to travel because there are a lot of people out there who who, who I know that um, just don't have the travel experience that a lot of other people have. For example, we just mm-hmm. came back from Italy. We were in Italy in the beginning of September, and uh, we um, met a lot of people who were on their first trip. And for us, it wasn't. So we found ourselves uh, giving tips to other people, other travelers. Um, and also the fact that I lived in Italy for many years, um, I gave them tips on, you know, um, where to go buy your souvenirs and, you know, how to shop for this, how to shop for that. So I kind of bundled all that together and I put it in this book called uh, Traveling Boomers, First Stop Italy. And that's going to be followed by other books as we um, as we go to other countries. Um, so we're going to, you know, find little fun facts about these countries and just kind of tell you, you know, what, what to expect, what to, not to expect. Um, you know, how to pack, what to pack, things like that. So that's coming out um, in a couple of weeks. Uh, then I have um, I have uh, The Devil of St. Gabriel coming out next next year, and I also have With All of Me Part 2 coming out next year, because With All of Me ends in a kind of calls the Part 2, so I will uh, I will be preparing that next year. Very nice. Do you have any personal future plans that you're you're attempting? <clears throat> well, um, next year uh, the plan is to visit England. So hopefully, um, and God willing, we will uh, be going there, and then I'll be doing another uh, nonfiction, which is uh, probably going to be called Traveling Boomers Part Two, England or. <laughs> We'll see. I don't know if I if it takes me also to you know maybe Ireland or Scotland or I don't know yet. But so far that seems to be the plan. Um, and then that's it. Then just uh, you know just writing, keep on writing. And I also um, I also have a newsletter that I send out every month um, to um, I have a a, ni- a nice list of fans. And so what I do is I send them a newsletter basically um, that is uh, basically, you know, themed for that month that I send it out. For example, you know, like uh, June is weddings and July was 4th of July, August was a vacation and September back to school and so on and so forth. 
So, um, and with that newsletter, I give I give my fans a free short story. I just write a short story, and I give it to them. And they, but they have to send me an email, right? So they have to say, okay, I want to read your short story. You know, I don't just give them the short story because it's it's going to be too big of an email. So, um, yeah. So I have uh, I have that, and uh, um, I'm going to be collecting these short stories in an anthology at the end of the year, and I will be giving that out for free to anyone who wants them. And that'll be they'll be available on you know Amazon or you know in ebook format. So that'll be available for free. And your Traveling Boomers book sounds really interesting for people of all ages because I know personally I suck at um, traveling. <laughs> so I would definitely have to read that. Um, I've never left the country. So I know that's something I want to do, but okay. um, that book would definitely help me out if I ever oh, wanted it's, to go to uh, Italy. It's, it's, I mean, it's kind of – I have the thought of baby boomers in mind because we talk about – um, you know, if you get sick abroad, um, we talk about the the, the preferred um, traveling spots for baby boomers, you know, based on AARP uh, statistics. Um, like, where, where do they like to go internationally? Where do they like to go nationally? And where do they like to go on cruises? So... But you know, it could it, it probably varies from age to age. But you know, but sure, certainly there's a lot of things to learn. Like something silly, like when you go to Europe, the electricity is different, so you have to get yourself a little um, adapter, electricity adapter, so hmm. you can plug in your cell phone, plug in your your tablet or whatever, you know. So what, just little things. What happens if you don't? Then you're gonna have a dead phone, and you're not gonna be able to take any pictures. So um, That's things the like that. I was hoping for. Yes. <laughs> I was hoping it wasn't the opposite, and like your phone blows up in your hotel room or something. So. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. No, the these these adapters are specifically designed to transform the electricity from R220 to their 110, or I think it's the other way around. I'm not sure, but anyway, hmm. either way, the the electricity is different, and the the plugs are literally different than our plugs. They're like two little round uh, studs, and ours are like two flat. So they're completely different. Even if you go to Japan, it's different. If you go, but I'm I'm not there yet, so let's not get into that right now. But just you know, the money obviously that's another very obvious thing. It's very different. And money, the your you know, Italy has Italy is part of the European Union. Uh, hence, they have the euro. So we need to learn that too. So that's it. Things like that. Yeah. So I alluded to um, that you got interviewed seven weeks ago with Yvonne on, on uh, Off the Chain, and something kind of struck me uh, during the conversation that I think is crazy enough. It's still relevant today. Um, you said that you really love America, and you love being here, and Yvonne responded by saying that at this point in time in the country, there's a lot of people who are not particularly fond of the country, um, do you still love America? And, and oh, absolutely. has your love grown? Has your love grown for America and what made it grow? Well, um, since a few months ago, um, nothing has, hasn't grown, but um, I still love America very much. Um, I didn't come here just because I wanted to marry my husband and live here. Um, I did it all the right way. 
you know, we went through the the immigration process, which is very long and very expensive. I'm not going to lie. However, um, it was all worth it because this country is amazing. It just gives you so many opportunities and so many doors are opening and it's just I'm, I'm just in awe sometimes by what we have here. And a warning to those who don't love America, don't take your country for granted because this is a country unique in the world because other countries have other problems that are unimaginable. And let me just say something brief. Venezuela, that's all you need to do. Just go look at what's happening over there, a country that was flourishing once. And now look at it. People are dying of starvation. You know, I don't, I don't want to get into politics. I do not. However, I do want to say to Americans, love, be happy that you're in a country like this that gives you the opportunity to go and protest, to go and, and say bad things to your, to your senator, to your congressman, or to your president if you want. You know, you're allowed to do that thanks, thanks to the freedom that we have. And other countries, you can't do that. That's it. Very simple. Let me just throw out there, too. Um, that was not <laughs> a lead for any political discussion either. So no, hopefully no. Hopefully you didn't no. take it that way. I just um, – No, no. I, I just – I did not want to get political. I was just saying that. I oh, just, no. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I just want I just want people, especially young people who think that you know, and, and I hear them every day because, I, like I said, I work every single day. I work in a, in a company where there's, um, there's a various different ages that work there. But the young people, the millennials, as they call them, you know, um, I don't like to group people in one, in one group. But the younger people kind of tend to, um, you know, kind of complain all the time and everything. And I'm like, don't complain because, you know what, if you go somewhere else, it's worse. You know, perfect example, Canada. I love Canada. I was born in Canada, okay? I love my country. Canada, and they say, oh, well, you know, just take that. Let's take the health care. Perfect example. Oh, well, Canada, the health care is free. No, it is not free. Canada pays huge amount of taxes, okay? My sons both work full-time. You know, they both work career jobs and everything. They pay at least 30 to 40% taxes in their paycheck every two weeks, okay? And then on top of that, when they buy something, they pay another 15% taxes, sales tax, okay? So just put all those taxes together, all right? Just a little tiny example right there. So You definitely have the... Um the international um, knowledge on that as well, which I think is different than a lot of people. So that that is an interesting uh, comparison for people. It is. To, to yeah, and that's that's the nice thing about, about our country is it's a melting pot. There's a lot of people who come from these countries where they they're running away from those countries, you know, and they come to America because they know there is a freedom here that they can do whatever they want, as long as it's legal, obviously, you know. Obviously. But in their countries, they can't. You can't go to the, to the president of any country and tell them that they're, you know, whatever, okay? You can't do that. 
you can't make fun of them in, in, in you know, on, on your TV program or, or, you know, do a little caricature on, on the, you know, your comic book or, or the, your local newspaper. You can't because they will arrest you. We take again. We take that for granted. So, but I don't. It's um, definitely something you have experienced in, which uh, I think, unfortunately, um, a lot of people in my generation. I know you don't like grouping people in certain groups, but I know we lack that cult- that uh, culture awareness and. Um, understanding of other cultures due to right. not going to them. So it is interesting to hear from someone who has experienced it. Well, thank you for sharing your, your opinions and your perspective on that. Right. And that's why also you need to travel. You know, if you can get an opportunity um, to travel, it's you see how people live. And what I like to do when, when I travel, and I like to actually you know, take the bus, take the subway, take take the metro, as they call it over there, or the tube, as they call it in the U.K., um, just to do what the normal everyday people do. And then you'll see. You interact with them. You see, you notice, you pay attention, and you see how their life, how they live their life, and how we live our life, you know. One thing I did notice that everybody has in common is that cell phone in our hands. That's one thing I did notice. Unfortunately, that in, is like worldwide. In common, all worldwide. Oh, absolutely, worldwide. You, Everybody's got their their being, hands on their phone and their face on their phone. And what are you gonna do? Such is life. So. You, I, I kind of already hear my answer. Do you think that's a positive or a negative thing? Oh, I don't know. Um, I love technology. I really do because you can. Tell the whole world of something that's happening in your life with a click of a button. I do love that part, okay? And I love how how um, it's made. You know, I've been working in an office for many, many years, so I love how, you know, how the technology has um, eased our life, our office life, work life, et cetera, et cetera. However, we're way too glued. We're glued to these things, and so maybe we should all – um, you know, try and put them down when we have like a family reunion. Like, for example, Thanksgiving's upcoming right now. Um, let's put the cell phones in a box near the door and just leave them there for the whole dinner duration and then pick them up later on, you know. But let's have a nice conversation. Let's talk to each other. So, again, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing, you know. Shout out to uh, to my grandma. She is a staunch believer in um, unplugging from technology. And one thing that she does is, if she takes us out to dinner or lunch, you know, she'll she'll announce, "Hey, I want to take you guys out to dinner." And um, if you check your cell phone for no other reason other than an emergency, she'll make you take the entire bill. Oh, so, oh, good for her. Yeah, so I, I've never screwed up um, because <laughs> I know better. And when my phone goes off, I'm like, Grandma, take a step back. Let me see if it's an emergency. And if it's not, I'm like, oh, see, look, it's gone. There you go. It's, it's done. So shout out to Grandma for teaching me that at a young age. But 
Um, I, I know there's some other family Grandma. members. Yeah, <laughs> you, you got the nod of uh, nod of respect yeah. from from our <laughs> guest tonight. I, I know well, other something that we used to do a, when uh, our when we we still had all the all the kids in the house. Now we had um, when we got married, our children were preteens and teens. So one by one, they all kind of you know flew the coop. Um, but uh, when we when we had dinner in the evening, I would try and make sure that we all had dinner together. And already in those days, they had those. You remember those cell phones that had that the the little keypad that would slide slide under, and they would start you oh, know yeah. texting. Okay, so oh, yeah. they pretty much all had those same phones. So I would tell them, okay, guys, no phones at the table. But they put they leave their phones in their rooms, and then we'd we'd come, mm-hmm. we'd eat for like you know a nice half an hour, talk about our days, and then everybody would go back to their room and do their homework or text or do whatever you want. So that was, and even today when, when we do get together, you know, when I have, because my house is, I love my house because it's kind of a hub where all the kids kind of come back and we all kind of hang out together. And um, and the grandchildren now, we have grandchildren too in the family. And so everybody's like, okay, phone stays down and let's all sit around the table and let's have a nice conversation. And we do. And we do. So I really like that. I was actually... I was actually getting a little bit nostalgic once you were talking about chat rooms because I remember um, my mom when I was a young age. Shout out to my mom now, I guess. Hopefully she doesn't get embarrassed. But uh, you remember the uh, AOL like free trial pins yes. that used to come in the mail? Yes. And yes. you could go on AOL chat room. I yes, remember yes. my mom going on AOL Messenger or whatever that was. I was I was young, but I remember that she used to do that. She made a couple of like dear lifelong friends off of AOL Messenger, but I always mm-hmm. joke that um, when I try to talk on the phone to my friends, you know, on that phone that's connected to the wall, which is crazy to even hear about today, um, you couldn't do it. My phone was on AOL. Messenger. Right, because the computer was you know, on. Oh, I know. Oh, I remember <laughs> those days. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't seem that far away, honestly. Or it doesn't seem that far back. At least to me, I, it I mean, that was 20, 15 years ago. It seem yeah, that 15, far, 15, 15, 20, yeah, around there, yeah. But just in those yeah, 15 time years, really we've already, well, and we've already made leaps and bounds in that 15 years. Oh, and absolutely. Now we've got our phones on our, we, on our wrists. Yeah. Are you excited yeah. to see what, what's in the next 15 years? And if you are, what what do you think is going to be in the next 15 I mean, we're both authors. We we have creativity at our at our fingertips. What do you what do you foresee? Well, what I do see is um, the um, the sound the the sound the what do they call them the audio books. I apologize, the word didn't come to me. No, you're fine. Um, audio books are going to be are going to be the next big thing, I think, because um, there's a lot of people who do a lot of long commutes like I do in the morning. I commute at least 40, 40 minutes, 40, 45 in the morning and in the evening as well. So these people, um, they would love to read, but they can't because there's there's literally no time. Then you get home, you got to start dinner and, and all that. So I think audiobooks are going to be very, very popular. They're they're going to be replacing e-books altogether, I think. Um, although I don't think that the actual uh paperbacks or the hardcovers will ever go out of style because there's a lot of people who like to hold that book in their hand. 
So I don't think they will. They will become probably a, a rarity, but they won't go out ever. I don't think they will. So, um, but, um, yeah, you know, I think the the phones are going to be like they're going to be on our wrists, and we won't even need to be carrying them around anymore. We just wear them out like a watch, and you don't have to carry that thing. You don't have to worry about it falling down and cracking and all that. I think it's just going to be on your wrist, and that's it. Funny that you mentioned ebooks. That's actually something that kept me uh, kept me going during. Uh, I I did beat season one year. Do you know what beat trucks are? I don't, I don't believe you guys do that in Florida, do you? What drive beat trucks and like beats are big in Florida. You, you guys probably have a different produce that's more popular. But oh. um, mm-hmm. I was in a state that beets were like, you know, just the cream of the crop, you know? Right, and, uh, right, okay. One season I, I drove beat trucks. And, I mean, mm-hmm. these were this was like a 12-hour shift. And that's literally okay. what kept my brain going from me going nuts was driving beat trucks and listening to audiobooks and, uh, you know, national public radio and stuff like that. So right. it, I, I really do see, I agree with you guys, see that we're going to start turning more towards um, hands-free everything. <laughs> That's I mean, we're correct. Hands-free kind of everything. There yep. I, I agree. Yep. You know, we're already getting it's our just, Bluetooth. So. Yeah, we already. Oh, absolutely, we already have, have. And there's already, you know, connections in the cars for you know you can connect your phone via Bluetooth. And I mean, so yeah, we're we're getting there. Pretty soon, it's you're right. It's going to be everything's going to be hands-free. Well, we have to. Well, we're going to pretty soon. We're going to be having the the you know drive drive what's the word the driverless cars self-driving yeah yeah self-driving yeah that's uh, actually they're even talking about trucks having being driverless as well which is kind of scary but okay (laughs) you know i guess it's something that might not happen during my lifetime but maybe you might might probably see them so let's hope not no, <laughs> I'm with you. That I don't, I don't like. You uh, like to drive your car, like right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that doesn't. But then again, people, I mean, again, go back to AOL Messenger. People probably didn't think we were going to have Facebook or any other social media platform, and right. now look, we have these other platforms. Oh, yeah. So I, I guess we'll have to adapt or or, or perish in our old uh, <laughs> old world ways, right? I know, I know. Right. So, real fast, is there any uh, imparting words that you'd like to say to the audience tonight before we uh, wrap up? We're actually at our five-minute mark. Oh, well, I I just want to say thank you so much for, for listening in. And um, if you guys, again, if you guys have any questions for me or if you want to, you know, you can still call in. And, um, I mean, you can send me an email again. You know, you have uh, repeated over and over all my uh, social media platforms, my email, my website. My website has a contact me page. Um, so if you want to know more about me, I'm, I will answer you, no problem. I, I don't have anything to hide. So have at it. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Hope you had a good time. And uh, yeah. we'll hopefully stay in touch. Yes, we will, for sure. And uh, please give my regards to Yvonne. 
yes, of course. Uh, I will definitely make sure that uh, I do that, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, I, don't, I don't even have any words on that. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I know. If people are listening, and they don't. They don't know what happened. Uh, Yvonne's husband passed away. Henceforth, why this week has been um, special guests, and we we've been helping her and keeping her in our thoughts, giving her good vibes, giving her prayers and I absolutely that that that's such a strong lady and it, it's a testament to her, honestly, of how strong she is because I, I couldn't I couldn't even imagine. Well she has a lot of people but who I love, love her definitely. and all that love is a big, big, big warm hug for Yvonne. So we're all um all we're right. all thinking about her and praying for her. Oh yeah. I'll definitely let her know that you said that. So I appreciate you. No problem. All right. Well, thank you all for listening tonight. This has been Off the Chain with Ian Bush. We believe Yvonne will be back next week, regular scheduled times. So you'll be hearing from our uh, old familiar friend on the air again. And as Yvonne does every night, we always leave with a couple of imparting thoughts. And it seems like uh, my guests and I tonight kind of covered a lot of areas of uh, topics we've we've covered books we've covered loving our country the future so to leave you all off on a on a parting thought i think a good synopsis of of what you should do is uh definitely hold your friends and family tight because you never know what's going to happen but also really appreciate what you have right now and even if you have ten dollars in your bank account that's still ten more dollars than somebody else potentially has don't take for granted uh the freedoms and the liberties and the permissions that we have in the world um i know we have a lot of listeners overseas where actually yvonne's show is actually heard in over 200 countries but it even applies to other countries. There are some things in your countries that uh, you can do, and there are some things that you have in your countries that only you have. So just take a moment and reflect and think about that. Definitely be grateful. Definitely give thanks. And if you have time, definitely reach out to family, friends, even coworkers, and just kind of, let them know what they mean to you. And we all got to kind of band together in this world right now and, and embrace the uh, advances in technology that are coming and the new uh, leaders of the world. And we all got to come together and, and love each other as people. So we should start now and hopefully, hopefully we do start now. So thank you all for giving me the opportunity to special guest host, or special host, excuse me. My name is Ian Bush. This has been Off the Chain. Have a good night, everyone. Good night.